Chapter Eighteen of Prince Henry the Navigator, the Hero of Portugal and of Modern Discovery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Prince Henry the Navigator by Charles Raymond Beasley. Chapter Eighteen voyages of diego gomez fourteen fifty eight to sixty the last voyage of henry's lifetime was that of his faithful servant diego gomez by which the cape verde islands first became clearly and fully known it followed close upon Catamosto's venture no long time after the prince equipped at lagos a caravel called the wren and set over it diego gomez with two other caravels of which the same gomez was captain-in-chief their orders were to go as far as they could but after passing a great river beyond the rio grande we met such strong currents in the sea that no anchor could hold the other captains and their men were much alarmed thinking we were at the end of the ocean and begged me to put back in the mid-current the sea was very clear and the natives came off from the shore and brought us their merchandise cotton cloth ivory and a quart measure of malaguet pepper in grain and in its pods as it grows which delighted us as the current prevented our going farther and even grew stronger we put back and came to a land where there were groves of palms near the shore with their branches broken so tall that from a distance i thought they were the masts or spars of negroes vessels so we went there and found a great plain covered with hay and more than five thousand animals like stags but larger who showed no fear of us five elephants came out of a small river that was fringed by trees three full-grown with two young ones and on the shore we saw holes of crocodiles in plenty we went back to the ships and next day made our way from cape verde and saw the broad mouth of a great river three leagues in width which we entered and guessed to be the gambia here wind and tide were in our favour so we came to a small island in midstream and rested there the night in the morning we went farther in and saw a crowd of canoes full of men who fled at the sight of us for it was they who had killed nuno tristram and his men next day we saw beyond the point of the river some natives on the right-hand bank who welcomed us their chief was called frengazic and he was the nephew of faro sangal the great prince of the negroes there they gave us one hundred and eighty pounds worth of gold in exchange for our goods the lord of the country had a negro with him named buka who knew the tongue only of negroland and finding him perfectly truthful i asked him to go with me to cantor and promised him all he needed i made the same promise to his chief and kept it we went up the river as far as cantor which is a large town near the river-side farther than this the ships could not go because of the thick growth of trees and underwood but here i made it known 
that i had come to exchange merchandise and the natives came to me in very great numbers when the news spread through the country that the christians were in cantor they came from tambukadu in the north from mount gelu in the south and from kiokun which is a great city with a wall of baked tiles here too i was told there is gold in plenty and caravans of camels cross over there with goods from carthage tunis fez cairo and all the land of the saracens these are exchanged for gold which comes from the mines on the other side of sierra leone they said that range ran southwards which pleased me very greatly because all the rivers coming from thence as far as could be known ran westward but they told me that other very large rivers ran eastward from the other side of the ridge there was also they said east of these mountains a great lake narrow and long on which sailed canoes like ships the people on the opposite sides of this lake were always at war and those on the eastern side were white when i asked who ruled in those parts they answered that one chief was a negro but towards the east was a greater lord who had conquered the negroes a short time before a saracen told me he had been all through that land and had been present at the fighting and when i told this to the prince he said that a merchant in oran had written him two months before about this very war and that he believed it such were the things told me by the negroes at cantor i asked them about the road to the gold country and who were the lords of that country they told me the king lived in kukia and was lord of all the mines on the right side of the river of cantor and that he had before the door of his palace a mass of gold just as it was taken from the earth so large that twenty men could hardly move it and that the king always fastened his horse to it and kept it as a curiosity on account of its size and purity the nobles of his court wore in their nostrils and ears ornaments of gold the parts to the east were full of gold mines but the men who went into the pits to get gold did not live long because of the foul air the gold sand was given to women to wash the gold from it i inquired the road from cantor to kukia and was told the road ran eastward where was great abundance of gold as i can well believe for i saw the negroes who went by those roads laden with it while i was thus trafficking with these negroes of cantor my men became worn out with the heat and so we returned towards the ocean after i had gone down the river fifty leagues they told me of a great chief living on the south side who wished to speak with me we met in a great wood on the bank and he brought with him a vast throng of people armed with poisoned arrows assegais swords and shields and i went to him carrying some presents and biscuit and some of our wine for they have no wine except that made from the date-palm and he was pleased and extremely gracious giving me three negroes and swearing to me by the one only god that he would never again make war against christians but that they might trade and travel safely through all his country 
being desirous of putting to proof this oath of his i sent a certain indian named jacob whom the prince had sent with us in order that in the event of our reaching india he might be able to hold speech with the natives and i ordered him to go to the place called al kuzet with the lord of that country to find mount gelu and timbuktu through the land of jalafa a knight had gone there with him before this jacob the indian told me that al kuzet was a very evil land having a river of sweet water and abundance of lemons and some of these he brought to me and the lord of that country sent me elephant's teeth and four negroes who carried one great ivory tusk to the ship now the houses here are made of seaweed covered with straw and while i stayed here at the river mouth three days i learned that all the mischief that had been done to the christians had been done by a certain king called namimansa who has the country near the great headland by the mouth of the river gambia so i took great pains to make peace with him and sent him many presents by his own men in his own canoes which were going for salt along the coast to his own country for this salt is plentiful here and of a red colour now namimansa was in great fear of the christians lest they should take vengeance upon him then i went on to a great harbour where i had many negroes come to me sent by namimansa to see if i should do anything but i always treated them kindly when the king heard this he came to the riverside with a great force and sitting down on the bank sent for me and so i went and paid him all respect there was a bishop there of his own faith who asked me about the god of the christians and i answered him as god had given me to know and then i questioned him about mahomet whom they believe at last the king was so pleased with what i said that he sprang to his feet and ordered the bishop to leave his country within three days and swore that he would kill any one who should speak the name of mahomet from that day forward for he said he trusted in the one only god and there was no other but he whom his brother prince henry worshipped then calling the infant his brother he asked me to baptize him and all his lords and women he himself would have no other name than henry but his nobles took our names like james and nuno so i remained on shore that night with the king but did not baptize him as i was a layman but next day i begged the king with his twelve chief men and eight of his wives to dine with me on my caravel and they all came unarmed and i gave them fowls and meat and wine white and red as much as they could drink and they said to one another that no people were better than the christians then again on shore the king asked me to baptize him but i said i had not leave from the pope but i would tell the prince who would send a priest so nomimansa at once wrote to prince henry to send him a priest and some one to teach him the faith and begged him to send him a falcon with the priest for he was amazed when i told him how we carried a bird on the hand to catch other birds and with these he asked the prince to send him two rams and sheep and geese and ganders 
and a pig and two men to build houses and plan out his town and all these wishes of his i promised him that the prince would grant and he and all his people made a great noise at my going but i left the king at gambia and started back for portugal one caravel i sent straight home but with the others i sailed to cape verde and as we came near the seashore we saw two canoes putting out to sea but we sailed between them and the shore and so cut them off then the interpreter came to me and said that bezegichi the lord of the land and an evil man was in one of them so i made them come into the caravel and gave them to eat and drink with a double share of presents and making as if i did not know him to be the chief i said is this the land of bezegichi he answered yes it is and i to try him exclaimed why is he so bitter against the christians he would do far better to have peace with them so that they might trade in his land and bring him horses and other things as they do for other lords of the negroes go and tell your lord bezegichi that i have taken you and for love of him have let you go at this he was very cheerful and he and his men got into their canoes as i bade them and as they all were standing by the side of the caravel i called out bezegichi bezegichi do not think i did not know thee i could have done to thee what i would and now as i have done to thee do thou also to our christians so they went off and we came back to arguin and the isle of the herons where we found flocks of birds of every kind and after this came home to lagos where the prince was very glad of our return then after this for two years no one went to guinea because king afonso was at war in africa and the prince was quite taken up with this but after he had come back from alcacer i reminded him of what king nomamansa had asked of him and the prince sent him all he had promised with a priest the abbot of soto de casa and a young man of his household named john delgado this was in fourteen fifty eight two years afterwards king afonso equipped a large caravel and sent me out as captain and i took with me ten horses and went to the land of the barbisons which is near the land of nomimansa and these barbisons had two kings but the king of portugal gave me power over all the shores of that sea that any ships i might find off the coast of guinea should be under me for he knew that there were those who sold arms to the moors and he bade me to seize such and bring them bound to portugal and by the help of god i came in twelve days to this land of the barbisons and found two ships there one under gonzalo ferrera of oporto of the household of prince henry that was conveying horses the other was under antonio del nolly of genoa these merchants injured our trade very much for the natives used to give twelve negroes for one horse and now gave only six and while we were there a caravel came from gambia which brought us news that a captain called de prado was coming with a richly laden ship 
and i ordered ferrara to go to cape verde and look for that ship and seize it on pain of death and loss of all his goods and he did so and we found a great prize which i sent home with ferrara to the king and then i and antonio del nali left that coast and sailed two days and one night towards portugal and we sighted islands in the ocean and as my ship was lighter and faster than the rest i came first to one of those islands to a good harbour with a beach of white sand where i anchored i told all my men and the other captains that i wished to be first to land and so i did we saw no trace of natives and called the island santiago as it is still known there were plenty of fish there and many strange birds so tame that we killed them with sticks and i had a quadrant with me and wrote on the tablet of it the altitude of the arctic pole and i found it better than the chart for though you see your course of sailing on the chart well enough yet if once you get wrong it is hard by map alone to work back into the right course after this we saw one of the canary islands called palma and so came to the island of madeira and then adverse winds drove me to the azores but antonio del nali stayed at madeira and catching the right breeze he got to portugal before me and begged of the king the captaincy of the island of santiago which i had found and the king gave it him and he kept it till his death but de prado who had carried arms to the moors lay in irons and the king ordered him to be brought out and then they martyrized him in a cart and threw him into the fire alive with his sword and gold End of chapter eighteen